0: Welcome to the Will and Air Show with William Kramer, my co-host Aaron Bontrager. We cover local sports including the Northern Indiana Conference and the Northern Lakes Conference, plus teams in St. Joseph and Elkhart Counties. Uh, We cover college and pro sports. Today we're going to talk about uh, some high school hoops, college basketball, college football, the NFL, and the NBA. So, topic number one. As we normally start off, let's talk about Indiana High School Boys Basketball Northern
1: Lakes Conference. All right. So some of my notes this week, past week, uh, number two, we'll start with number two Northwood, who continue to look pretty impressive. They're now thirteen and two, four zero oh in the conference. The Panthers got a pretty impressive win as they routed St. Joe sixty six to thirty seven. And that game was last Tuesday on TV 46 here in the Michiana area. Then on Friday night, they notched their fourth conference win as they hosted Goshen. The final score was 45-29. Scoring was at a premium in this one. When I watched the first quarter, well, it was scoreless the first four minutes in. Um, Kind of a good start for Goshen. I mean, I'm sure the fans were feeling like they had a chance maybe. They slowed the tempo down, and they're really making it for North, making it difficult for the Panthers. And Goshen actually led seven to six at the end of the first quarter. Deacon Hill is hitting some shots. However, that would be Goshen's only lead. Give credit to Northwoods D. Uh, they're giving up a league best thirty-seven point seven points a game, and they, uh, yeah, they really limited Goshen's offense the rest of the way. The Panthers forced 15 turnovers in this one. They went on an 11-0 run in the second quarter to kind of seize control, and that lead grew to 19-11 at half. The third quarter, Goshen stayed somewhat close, but they couldn't get it closer than 7. By end of the quarter, Northwood led by 14. Ian Rosh had the game-high 16 points. Cade Brenner and Brock Bonshager finished with 9 points apiece to lead the Panthers. And Deacon Hell finished with 15 for Goshen. Uh, this week, Northwood travels to Warsaw for a big matchup against the Tigers on Friday night. Uh, this will be Northwood's only game of the week, and an intriguing matchup. I think both teams play pretty smart and tough on both ends. So, I don't know. I feel like... I'm going to give Northwood an edge. Uh, they're just playing really well right now. Pretty bad. Aaron, it feels
0: like Goshen uh, played a little cat and mouse basketball mm-hmm. with Northwood. You know, you see that a lot in the sectional with, with teams that feel like they can't play with the other teams, so to speak. Um, so, you know, Coach Wolford, he's, he's, uh, he's a very SNL guy. You know, I've, I've kinda respected that part of his coaching. Uh very intelligent coach, so uh not surprising that he kept it low score and kept it close. I think if I was coaching at Northern, I'd probably do the same <laughs> thing
1: myself. Big game
0: big game though, Northwood yeah. and Warsaw.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good one. All right, let's look at number fifteen, Mishawaka. They're thirteen and two, four and oh in conference. And they're on a hot streak, 10 straight wins. Uh they beat up Clay, 83-62 after the Colonials led early at the end of the first 23-21. Uh Mishawaka, kind of the story of their season. They really dominate in the second and particular the third quarter. So they scored uh 20 or they sorry, they scored 21 in that second quarter against Clay, and then 26 in the third. Uh, Arthur Jones had 26 points in that game. And then last Saturday night, um, they won over Northridge, 73-57 at the Cave. Now I got a chance to go to this one. And Northridge coming in with six straight losses. And they were without starter Noah Zamuda due to a shoulder injury. Uh, Zamuda's kind of like the glue guy for the Raiders. Does a little of the dirty work. And he's also their best defender on the perimeter. But I, I was a little surprised uh, Coach Radiker wasn't there. Uh, he, was, he was at home sick. So I'm not sure if that had a huge impact on the result, but I'm sure it made it a little difficult for the team to adjust maybe. Um, I mean, their coaching staff's pretty experienced. So it's hard telling since I don't have that experience. Um, anyways, uh, the Raiders came out early. They looked – Kind of locked in defensively. Both teams were in zone to start the game. Uh, Mishawaka was kind of daring the Raiders to shoot the three, and they uh, they made a few early, but uh, they forced Alex, their big man, the Raider big man Alex Ellenson, into some early fouls. And by the end of the first, Mishawaka seemed in control at eighteen to eight. So what really? Kind of swung the game, I felt like was Mishawaka went to man to man defense and really pressured their guard, the Raider guards. So uh, the second quarter, uh, the Raiders cut it to six on a Gideon Campbell runner in the lane. However, that'd be the closest it would get since early in the first. And Mishawaka built their lead to 29 to 28 at half, and then 52 to 34 at the end of the third. I feel like the third quarter could be summed up in this one Arthur Jones sequence. He shot a three that was pretty open. It missed. He got his own rebound, put it back up, and got an end one. So that kind of was like the game in a nutshell. The the KMN got to the ball. They they showed the grit, the hunger more than Northridge did in this one. Um, and when Northridge was contesting shots, they were getting into foul trouble too. Uh, So the Cavemen, yeah, they used that third quarter dominating fashion for 16 Raider turnovers for the game. Credit to Mishawaka. They executed better on both ends. I mean, Northridge made a late rally in the fourth quarter. I I felt like the game was over, but they got it to 11 a couple times. Um, I've said a lot about Coach Bender's team already, so... Yeah, they just they're just hungry. They they have an attitude, a little edge to them. They showed it in this game. Arthur Jones led the way with twenty-six points. Brady Fisher added fourteen. And Tommy Herringer was in double figures as well. They're big man. So they will host Fairfield on Tuesday night. TV forty six will be coming to the cave i like them to extend their win streak to 11 against Fairfield. Then they'll travel to Goshen to take on the Goshen Redhawks on Friday night. And I think in this one, Mishawaka's athleticism and depth will help them pull away against Goshen as well. So, yeah, that's...
0: So, so the Cave, uh, built in 1924. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an interesting gym, Aaron. Uh, I'm curious, where did you decide to sit?
1: Yeah, I, I, I haven't been in the cave since I was young. It felt a lot bigger when I was younger. I mean, it's still a pretty good size gym, but I sat behind the Mishawaka bench up in the the upper section. Um, so I was kind of, and I mean, I'm not really, I mean, I'm pulling for Northridge, but I'm just not like, um upset with any losses. So, I was kind of in hostile territory. Um, no, it was good. I, I think Mishawaka is a fun team to watch. Um, yeah, they but, really put it on Northridge.
0: Now, I was going to ask you, was it a, how full was the crowd? Because all week on Twitter, all I saw <laughs> was from the uh, Dean Hubbard was, fans, got to come to the game, right got to come to the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty full. It wasn't. It wasn't packed. Um, it didn't look like, obviously, the Penn Marion game, but it was it was a decent crowd for sure. Okay. So you're picking
0: Mishawaka to go 2-0 this week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: How about um, Warsaw? Yeah, Warsaw had a pretty solid week. Um, they remain pretty close to Northwood and Mishawaka. They're now 9-6. 3-1 and one in the NLC. And so history had been made. Jackson Gould reached the 1,000-point mark for his career against Concord. That was on Friday night. In that game, the Tigers won 52-35. And the Tigers snapped a little losing skid to Concord, so they, they had lost the two previous games. And Warsaw was only up 22 to 20 and a half. The first quarter was pretty rough for the Tigers. They only scored five points. I was kind of getting myself caught up with the Times Union, the Warsaw paper. They turned it over quite a bit. They missed a lot of layups, open shots early in this one. However, they, you know, they stayed the course. Um, I know Jackson Gould's playing with a shoulder injury too, so they found a way to really take over the game in the second half. Uh, They went on a 7-0 run in the third quarter, built a 15-point lead in the fourth. Luke Yeager had 13 points and 10 rebounds to lead the way against Concord. They also uh, pulled away against a struggling but talented Valpo team. They won 61-58 on the road. In that contest, Warsaw shot... Shot it on fire with 71% from the field. Uh, Jackson Gould had 24 on 8-11 shooting, and he went 4 of 6 from 3. Drew Heckman also added 15 points. So, yes, Warsaw, they're going to get some much-needed time to rest and prepare for uh, Northwood this week. Really big game. Uh, A lot of implications for the NLC race, especially if Warsaw can – beat Northwood. The next team in the standings, Concord's eight and six, now two and two in the conference. They had a nice, uh, or they started the week pretty strong against Elkhart. They won 59 to 46 at Northside gym. It was the Lucas pro show. in that one, the super sophomore had 26 points, a career high and Concord never really trailed in that one against Elkhart. Braden messenger added 11 points. Uh the Minutemen are the only team with two wins and two losses in the NLC, so they're kind of like in the middle right now, looking to get into the upper tier. And they will host Wall C and travel to LaPorte to face the ten and five Slicers this week. Uh they can beat Wall C on Friday night. Uh, but that, that one feels a little bit of a toss up. Um Wall C played pretty well this week. So I don't know. It's, I haven't seen Concord play yet, so hopefully I'll be able to watch this game some way on streaming or something. Uh, the Laporte game will be a big one. I don't. I think Laporte has the edge, and they have played three common opponents of Plymouth, New Prairie, and Elkhart. Laporte's win margins are a little bit larger overall, so I'm going to give the edge to Laporte at home, and they're coming off that huge win against Michigan City. Okay, moving to the middle to bottom half. We have Goshen seven and six, one and three. They went one and one this past week. They beat Jimtown in overtime fifty one to fifty. and then we already talked about northwood they uh They gave Northwood their worst offensive outing, so they held uh, Northwood to their lowest points total of the year, and they got a big one against uh, Mishawak on Friday night. And then they traveled to the palace to take on Penn. So, kind of what Northridge had to face this week or this past week. You put you play Mishawaka and Penn in the same week. I man, I don't think that's a recipe for success this year. Um, uh, I like Penn to win pretty easily against Goshen, of course. Uh, but if if Goshen can bring that defensive effort. And make some shots. I think they can give Mishawaka a challenge. Uh, But Mishawaka's depth wears on you. And I think it'll be the case for Goshen in this one as well.
0: Yeah, Aaron, that's a a daunting
1: task for anybody. Yeah. Yeah, no shame in losing those two games. But it's going to be a tough week for Goshen. Moving on to Wallace C, they finally got their first conference win this season. Now they're five and nine, one and three. They actually snapped a thirteen NLC game losing streak and a four game streak of this season. So, it's a big win for Wallace C. They won fifty five to forty over Plymouth. Uh, Wallace C was led by junior Colin Zebarth, who scored twenty of his twenty six points in the second half. He came up big with uh, J.R. Carson, or junior, my bad, junior Carson Smith. And sophomore Miles Everingham played only 20 minutes. Uh, and he was not at full go. He got hurt last week. Um, Maddox Everingham added 12 points. The Warriors' defense was stingy and held the Pilgrims only 16 first-half points. And they also held their leading scorer, Davis, rated only four points. Uh, but Plymouth did have two in double figures. Caden Ellery had 17 and Kobe Walters had 12. Wallace won this one in the paint and rebounding the rebound Plymouth 31 to 24. Plymouth made it a game. They were within five early in the fourth before Wallace closed it out. So Wallace will travel to a pretty strong Bethany Christian team this week. Early in the week, then on Friday night, they'll travel to the Concord to take on the Minutemen. I like Wallace to squeak by Bethany. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Bethany won, but I just feel like Wallace he probably has just a little bit more ability to score, um, or more, more players who are able to score. And the Concord game, like I mentioned, earlier, really could go either way. I think I'll give a slight edge to the home team and i just forgot who the home team is. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Concord's the home team. So i i, I feel like Concord gets the edge against Wallace. and finally Plymouth uh 5 and 9 oh, and 4. Uh, they hope to get their first conference win against Northridge, but they will be traveling to Middlebury, so uh, both teams are really really desperate for a win, both on losing streaks, so yeah, so oh I forgot Northridge. So Northridge is now seven and eight, one and three. The Raiders are are in unfamiliar territory in the Scott Radicker era They have lost seven straight. They got dominated by Marcus Burton and the Kingsman. And they couldn't really slow down Arthur Jones in the Mishawaka game as well. Northridge is talented. They have I feel like their lack of size on the perimeter is starting to show up on offense and defense. The good news is, like I mentioned here, uh, they have a home game, one home game this week, only game against Plymouth. They're on their own five-game losing streak. So I like the Raiders to respond and get back in the win column. So, You know, I think Northridge – is going to enter a stretch where they're
0: they're going to rebound and kind of salvage the season. Uh, they got Plymouth, Waukesi, Jimtown, Concord, Lakeland, and then Columbia City uh, with Columbia City probably being the toughest team, uh, and then Fairfield and DeKalb. So. Really, they should roll off one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Potentially seven for sure. Six wins. Potentially seven. Maybe even eight if they can roll the table there. Uh, be fifteen and eight. That's not a a bad season. So yeah, we've already documented, well documented the the stretch that they've been on. Yeah, uh, but. uh there's definitely some light. They should be able to see some light at the end of the tunnel here.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, before we'll turn to you to the NIC, you should probably shout out um, some other teams in our area. The Bethany Christian Bruins are now 10-4, and 3-0 and 0 in their conference. They had a buzzer-beater win against Prairie Heights. They upset them at home last Tuesday. And the Bruins sit in first place at the Hoosier Plains Conference, and they could win out this conference because they have Elkar Christian, who's 3-7, and seven, and Trinity Greenlawn, who's struggling at 1-14, and 14 left on their schedule. And their biggest tests, of course, are what we we'll see this week, Central Noble coming up, and Fremont. And those are all non-conference games. So Bethany having a good season. I know their sectional is a little tough. I'm sure we'll probably talk about that once sectional pairings come out. And the other team, LaVille, had a really great weekend. They're eight and seven, two and two in their conference. They won the Bay county tourney, upset John Glenn in the championship game fifty-four to fifty-two. According to Coach Edison, this is this win is one of their biggest upset wins in the program that they've had in a while. So great week for ville basketball boys and girls, and we'll talk about the girls here a little later. you know you mentioned Bethany christian basketball uh there
0: was once a time where the Bruins were consistently good under coach uh bueller or uh yeah and um a long time coach there uh yeah. very successful uh so it's good to see the bruins uh competing at a uh you know a good level there. Uh, they're on a nice winning streak. Uh, they've won, I think, nine. Looks like nine are in the last 10. Yeah. Their only loss was to Lakeland Christian, whom they'll see in the Sectional 51. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of those teams are, I think, the only teams with potentially winning records. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah. should, should be an interesting race in that Sectional between those two schools. And. Uh, Let's turn our attention to the NIC here. We're going to start off with the only undefeated team left in the Northern Indiana Conference. That's, of course, the Penn Kingsmen, who are 13-1 overall, 5-0 in conference. Penn had an outstanding week routing Northridge, Marion, and Fort Wayne Carroll. Uh, Penn demonstrated that they can beat teams in multiple ways, and Aaron, I think, they have seen about every sort of defense uh, that you can potentially throw at them this season. You know, Penn can score inside uh, and out. Uh, Penn can penetrate the lane, create scoring opportunities for the bigs, and uh, provide perimeter shooters opportunities to get open shots. Uh, Penn's defense is getting better as the season progresses. You know, this will be a tough team to beat in the state tournament and should be in a good position to make a state run. Now, Marcus Burton this week became Penn's all-time leading scorer, surpassing Noah Applegate's record of 1,709 career points. Penn plays St. Joe,
1: Riley, and Goshen. And I've got Penn winning all of those games. So do you – yeah, man, Penn is a bro one. I saw that uh, Marcus Burton was a candidate for Mr. Basketball, according to Star. How do you feel about that? Do you think he's a true contender for that title?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he, I think he has to be considered as yeah. a major basketball contender, considering he's uh, uh, committed to Notre Dame, ACC school. Uh, he, I think he's shown, uh, even last summer, competing as some of the best uh, uh, down in Indy uh, for summer ball, and then uh, Penn has played. Um, you know uh, some good competition this season so and obviously his stats and yeah uh, his, uh, he's he's been making some really good plays some incredible plays that you just like wow that's a division one uh,
1: <laughs> play that he just made so yeah yeah I would agree with you I I felt like earlier on I I never saw his name on that list but maybe I was just misreading it well, he, you know, a year ago, he wasn't on many
0: lists. Uh, so he's really kind of thrown himself on the, uh, the forefront um, in somebody's list. Uh, and all credit to him. You know, he, he's put in yeah. a lot of work for that. For sure. South in Washington is 13-2 overall. They're 6-1 in conference. Last week, Washington beat Jimtown. Freshman Phenom had 43 points, tying the school record for points in a single game. Only Cedric Moody uh, and Jonathan Jamerson scored as many points as Stephen Reynolds did. Now, Stephen had 10 threes <laughs> main, wow. Uh which is also a school record. So what a night for Stephen. Uh, congratulations to him on having an unbelievable scoring night. Uh, you know, Aaron, uh, when you score forty three points as a freshman, that <laughs> will get the attention of scouts. Uh and I was told that Indiana's Jordy Halls called uh and I'm sure there are gonna be more schools, uh, big yeah. schools too, that will be calling on uh Steven's name here. That's now, exciting. Heard- yeah. Uh, Purdue has been looking at Stephen uh, for a couple months now. I remember uh, being at Washington and sitting in the gym, talking with one of the Purdue uh, co- assistant coaches, uh, kind of watching practice and uh, looking at Steven. So, you know, his stock continues to rise. That's awesome. Now, this week, Washington plays a huge conference game at michigan and Marion, uh interesting enough, as as successful as Coach Barker has been, uh he is 0-7 against his uh uh friend Coach Berger. In fact, the last time Aaron at Washington beat Marion, you have to go all the way back to 2016, uh when coach uh Chad Johnson was still at Washington. Now I'm I'm gonna reveal my prediction for this game uh later when I discuss Marion. Let's move on to uh, Washington's schedule. And they will cap off this week by playing Crown Point. Coach Swan does a tremendous job. That's another coach I have a lot of respect for. Uh, He's been in the business of coaching for a while. Um, And historically, the Bulldogs are good year in and year out. Now, this season has been a little bit of a a roller coaster for them. And Crown Point... um, they are 6-1 against Washington in the last seven years, so they've had Washington's number. I think Crown Point will be the more fundamental, disciplined team, but I still like Washington to win this game. I think the Panthers just have too much offensive power uh, mm-hmm. to lose this game. Let's move on to St. Joe, who is seven and 7-8 overall. They're 4-1 and one in conference. Uh, Saint Joe lost to Northwood, and surprisingly, they lost to Elkhart. Uh, I, I that was crashing my head when I saw that. Now Saint Joe's lost to Northwood was expected, um, but the Elkhart loss was a stunner. Aaron, what are your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, I think maybe Saint Joe not a, not the top tier, but still a good team. Yeah, I think. I think Penn, clearly better. Marion's probably going to be beat down. Has Marion played St. Joe? I forget. Uh, no. So that'll be interesting. I think I like Marion above them. And, and even Washington, too. So maybe St. Joe's in that middle tier this year. But uh uh-huh. what do you think? Well, they started off their
0: conference play, St. Joe did, with wins against Adams, Jimtown, Riley and John Glenn. Now, the Riley win was probably their best conference win to Mm -hmm. this point. And then you would have to thank John Glenn. But the other two, Jimtown and Adams, they're both having uh, down years uh, this year. So, Marion hasn't faced the bulk of their NIC conference schedule yet. So, that's coming uh, soon. But I really thought... That St. Joe would be 5-0 in conference after the Elkhart game. Yeah. Um, and kind of maybe be, be something there, uh, but now it's kind of like the these games on the road, a little bit less meaningful with that loss to Elkhart for sure. Yeah. Now, with the loss to Elkhart, St. Joe drops a game in the conference to Penn. Uh, the Indians play Penn and New Prairie this week. St. Joe will lose to both of those teams. I'm sorry, to Penn. St. Joe will lose to Penn, I should say. I do think they should be able to beat New Prairie. Mishawaka and Marion, they're 14-2 overall. They're 3-1 in conference. Marion beat Culver Academy and lost to Penn. Aaron, how about the Penn Palace? I don't know if you were able to see a screenshot of that place it was rocking, a complete sellout. In fact, I was told they had to lock the doors because there was literally no place to sit. Oh there. wow! Channel forty six, who that was the game of the week, I believe. They did an interview before the game with Coach Berger, and I like, asked him his thoughts about Penn. And Coach Berger said that Penn will expose any weakness that we have. Uh and I was watching as I was actually watching the Penn and Mary game on my phone as I was on a recruiting trip to La Mirror. Uh and what I noticed is that Penn is still a tough team to beat. But they are one score score away from being really good. They're still solid, but last year they had Richard Brooks who could get you a bucket. They could, he could get you a score when you needed one. And I think this year, Marion squad is still a good team, but they aren't as lethal offensively as they were last year. Now, Danglin is a solid guard that can get to the rim pretty much anytime he wants to, but he is a bit undersized. Uh Jackson Price is a very good standstill uh shooter, but if he's if he's not open and he can't catch and shoot, he's not as impactful a player and uh, darion is getting better offensively but he's not that go-to guy when you need a a, a basket everyone else on that team just kind of sort of your average high school basketball player so that'll be interesting to see how marion does in the tournament knowing that they're not as offensively uh good as they were last year but they're still a solid team this week Marion plays John Glenn and Washington both at home. Marion will beat John Glenn. I don't think they'll have a problem with that. I think we'll bounce back in a nice way. Uh I said that I would reveal my prediction for Marion Washington game now, but uh not going I'm going to recuse myself due to the fact that I'm still employed at Washington. I'm a former Washington boys basketball coach and I talk to Coach Berger every day at work, so Aaron is in my best interest to not say who I think will win this game. So, however, I just hope it's a great game and the communities come out to show support. Uh, let me ask you,
1: who do you think wins this game, Marion or Washington? Yeah, and I'm going to go with Washington. I think they just might – kind of what you're saying about Marion, I think Washington has that lethal – or that offense that – can they have multiple guys who can get points? So I feel like Washington. I don't know. It's it's. I hope it's a good game too. It feels like a really intriguing matchup. Okay,
0: Aaron, going with Washington. Yeah. All right. Uh, I agree with you. I just want to see a great game. I think we're going to see a lot of offense in this game. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, so South Bend Riley, they're nine seven overall, five and two in conference. Riley beat Clay in a somewhat surprising close game here in 68-64. Mm. I, I didn't think it would be that close. I thought Riley would win by a larger margin, but uh, credit to Clay for keeping that close. This week, the Wildcats play Tippecanoe Valley and Penn, so a huge week for Coach Barnbrook and company. Now, the, the Vikings of Tippecanoe Valley are 11-3, and but Let's not uh, kid ourselves. Their (laughs) schedule is kind of light. Okay, so I like Riley's athleticism to cause havoc and control the game. And I have Riley upsetting Tippecanoe Valley, but uh, losing to Penn. Mm -hmm. John Glenn is 9-6 overall. They're 3-3 and in conference. Uh, John Glenn played in the Bi-County Tournament last week. Uh, They beat New Prairie and Triton with relative... Uh, ease. Uh, they did lose uh, in the championship game to LaVille 54-52. I actually looked this up and watched the last like couple minutes of the game. Larkin uh, had a shot at the end of the time that would have potentially tied the game but it was not good. Uh, and of course the celebration uh, for LaVille was on at that point. Uh, what a great environment that was. Uh, the, the gym was full. A great crowd there. And as you said earlier, um, neither the girls or boys have won in a long time. So to do that on both sides, girls and boys, uh, big, big deal there.
1: Uh,
0: Marion, I've got Marion beating John Glenn. And um, Adams is turning down, but will be a tough matchup with John Glenn due to their athleticism. I like John Glenn's discipline. I think they're a very solid, sound team. They have a great system. Uh, I think the Falcons have more offensive skill than uh, Adams does, but if, if they just need to handle the pressure that they're going to see, I think John Glenn will be Adams. I think it's going to be close up. Elkhart, four and ten overall, three and three. Uh Aaron, don't look now, but Elkart has won three out of the last four <laughs> games. And the Lions lost to Concord, but upset St. Joe, handing the Indians their first conference loss. Now, Demarion Anderson had 28 points to lead the Lions against the Indians. Now this week, Elkart plays Gymtown and Warsaw. It feels like Elkart is a bit on a roll here. Uh, Gymtown played Goshen tough. Uh, I've said it before, Coach Sears always gets his team to play better in the second half of the season. It feels like Elkhart should beat Jimtown maybe in a close game. Uh, Warsaw, however, I got them winning against Elkhart. New Prairie is 4-6 overall. They're 2-4 in conference. Uh, New Prairie lost to John Glenn and beat Bremen in the Bay County Tournament. This week, Boone Grove and St. Joe are on the dock. I like New Prairie beating Boone Grove. The Boone Grove is not a very good team this year, uh, but I've got New Prairie losing to St. Joe. South and Clay. They're six seven overall, and two and five in conference. Clay lost to Mishawaka and Riley. Uh, Clay put on a good showing against their city rivals this week. Clay plays Bremen and Highland. It's possible that the Colonials can match. Their win total from last year after this week, if they can win both of these games, and I think they will. South Bend Adams are 4-7 and seven overall, and 1-4 in conference. Adams lost to Class 1A Marquette Catholic, which was their only game last week. This week, the Eagles play Bremen and John Glenn. Adams will beat Bremen. I have John Glenn beating Adams, in which should be a close contest. Bremen is 0-12 overall. They're 0-4 in conference. Still looking for their first win of the season. Uh, Bremen last week lost a tough game against Triton in a battle, for the most part, against New Prairie in the Bay County Tournament. This week, the Lions face Adams and Clay. I've got Bremen losing both of those games. And then, finally, Jimtown. Town, they're 2-12 overall, 0-6 in conference. Jimtown lost to Goshen in overtime 51-50, and they lost to Washington as well. Jackson and Clapton scored 16 points for the Jimmies uh, in that loss to Goshen. Uh, Aaron, I was surprised in that uh, overall score there. Uh, I thought Goshen would beat Jimtown uh, more than what the final score ended up yeah. being. Jimtown uh, faces Elkhart and Elkhart Christian. Uh, Elkhart should beat Jimtown, although it would not shock me if Jimtown did beat Elkhart, but I I think Elkhart's playing better now. Uh, And I've got Jimtown beating the Elkhart Christian uh, Eagles. Uh, It's time to reveal our Will and Aaron Show Top 10 Boys Basketball Rankings. With number 10, we've got St. Joe, Riley, 9, 8th is Northridge, 7th John Glenn, 6th Warsaw, 5th Mishawaka, 4th Washington, 3rd Marion, 2nd Northwood, and number 1 is Penn. Aaron, your thoughts?
1: Well, it looks like the biggest movers were John Glenn, who went or biggest moves up were John Glenn at two two spots well deserved. And then, of course, Northwood, now number two in our pool or rankings after the Marion lost to Penn. And then Northridge and St. Joe trending down. So, yeah, it's a li- I like our list. I feel like it's pretty solid, good representation of both conferences. Yeah. Now, uh,
0: some uh, listeners might be wondering uh, why we have a- – two seven and eight teams still in our top 10 <laughs> when other schools have yeah. winning records and the chance for that strength and schedule, yeah. you look at North and strength schedule and St. Joe's strength and schedule. That's why it is important to schedule, especially in those holiday tournaments, uh, non-conference games yeah. uh, mm. really does pay off there. Okay. Uh, great thoughts, Aaron on the top 10. It's time to take our first break. And when we come back, we'll talk about uh, the other side, which is Indiana high school girls basketball.
1: You can listen to the Will and Aaron Show podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Follow us on Twitter at WillAaronShow. You can follow the Will and Aaron Show Facebook page where you can interact by commenting, liking, sharing, and reviewing our podcast.
0: Welcome back to the Will and Aaron Show. Let's talk about Indian High School girls basketball here. First off with the Northern Lakes Conference.
1: All right, so Warsaw this past week made it back-to-back NLC regular season championships. They are now 16-5, 7-0, and undefeated conference season. Number 16 in the IBCA poll. So they dominated the Lady Minutemen 71-16 to on Saturday night. Well, this game was 58-3 at halftime. Um, wow. <laughs> I saw that on Facebook. I was a little surprised. But obviously two teams at different points in their programs. Um, they did, however, lose a competitive game against Homestead. We kind of talked about that last week. Uh, Warsaw and Northridge having opportunities to play some bigger schools and schools not around here. And they they made it a tough game. They lost by eight last Wednesday. So Warsaw is looking good, and they host Elkhart and travel to Huntington North on Tuesday and Thursday night to end this regular season. Uh, Northridge, second spot in the conference uh, Second place, that is. They're 18-5, and 5-1. Five, five and they are number 16 in the 4A pool. The Lady Raiders edged Mishawaka by 8. Uh, Mishawaka hung tough with Lady Raiders in that one. Uh, then Northridge followed it up with a loss to Snyder, 68-46. Uh, Northridge ends the regular season with a trip to Plymouth. In the number three spot, the Lady Warriors of Wallace C, 11 and 10, 5 and 2 overall in the conference. This past week, they beat Witco 54 41 and beat Plymouth 38 28. Wallace C will finish the regular season when they host 17 and 3 Tippy Valley on Tuesday night. Sitting in fourth place is Plymouth, so they they bumped up this week. Plymouth is eight and twelve overall, three and three in the conference. The Lady Pilgrims won convincingly against Winnemack 65 to 31, but they did lose to Wallace, like I mentioned earlier. And the fifth spot is Northwood, who is 12-10, 3-4 overall in the conference. Or they finished three-four overall. The Lady Panthers lost to Marion 58-45. And B. Goshen forty six to thirty three, and Northwood will be at South Bend Riley on Tuesday night to conclude their regular season play.
0: Okay, you know, uh, in response to the blowouts we see in, in girls basketball, whereas you don't see that as much in the boys' side, uh, it's pretty simple. There's just the the parity is not the same as you see in the boys' side. If mm-hmm. uh, you get a couple of girls on the high school team that can uh that are skilled, good shooters. You can pretty much win a lot of games with, with just that. Whereas on the boys side, you know, you need more than that. So, um we need we need more girls to participate. We need more girls to uh play basketball pick up ball when they're younger and practice and um then we won't see scores like that, you know. Uh, let's look at the Northern Indiana Conference notes here. Uh, number one, Washington, they're 21-0, 11-0 in conference. Washington beat Fort Wayne Northrop in uh, Jimtown with relative ease. Uh, I should say relative ease. It was easy. Uh, the Northrop game I thought would be closer, but yet again, Washington shows their dominance. The Panthers play Crown Point uh, and Lava Mirror to wrap up the regular season. Uh, now Crown Point, historically, are really good this year. I think they're like 14-8. Uh, so they're not as good as they have been in recent years. Um, I got Washington winning both of these games. Class 3A, number 8, Marion. They're 18-5 overall, 9-1 in conference. Marion beat Fort Wayne Lures. They played John Glenn this week, and I've got Marion beating the Lady Falcons. Penn is 15-6 overall, 8-2 in conference. Penn beat Elkhart, but lost a non-conference game to Fort Wayne Carroll And what is a surprising lopsided, lopsided game? I thought Penn would be able to battle and make that closer. Uh, Penn will regroup this week against Clay. Elkhart is 13-8 overall, 8-3 in conference. Elkhart lost to Penn, but beat St. Joe. This week they play NLC Power Warsaw in a late season final tune-up. For the IHSA tournament, I like Warsaw to win that game. New Prairie 12 and 8 overall and 5 assists in the conference. They beat John Glenn, but lost to Bremen in the Bi County tournament. Uh, this is the second time Bremen has beaten New Prairie. Uh, the Cougars play Mishawaka or I'm sorry, the Cougars play Mishawaka and Michigan City this week uh other teams in St. Joe and Elkhart counties uh in class 3A 7th ranked Fairfield the 22 they beat Central Noble by even a larger margin holding the Cougars to 23 points this is fresh off of beating the uh Cougars in the NECC championship game so back to back wins for the Falcons against Central Noble the uh the Falcons also beat Westview last week as well Fairfield plays Bethany Christian and West Noble. <coughs> Excuse me. I've got Fairfield winning both of these games. What a, what a area mashup, though. Sure. In Elkhart County, you got Bethany Christian, who's got 19 wins on their season and Fairfield. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be close just cause, uh, it's just, it's just too much of a difference between those two, two schools. Uh, and speaking of Bethany Christian in 1A, they're eighth ranked. Uh, they're 19 and 2. The Bruins beat Concord, so that's a 4A school right there. Albeit Concourse is not very good. I think they got like three or four wins on the season. And they beat Culver Academy. Now that Culver win is more impressive as yeah. I think they were like 12-8 in the season. So and that's a three A school. But I think we'll get a chance to make a statement this week as they face Fairfield. We'll see how if they can make that relatively close or not. Uh, uh, great, as I said, great matchup there.
1: Yeah, then in, I believe, 2A LaVille Lady Lancers, they won the Bi-County tourney, their first since 1993. And this also means it ended the Bremen Lions' four-year run in this tourney. Laville is having a great season, 15-6, and, and coach Nick Moore's first year back at his alma mater. So congrats to them, and we'll see how they do in their sectional as well. That's awesome. Lady Lancers, Bi-County awesome. champs.
0: All right, Aaron, let's do our Will and Aaron show top 10 for the girls' side. At number 10, we have Northwood. Number 9, Bethany Christian. 8, New Prairie. 7, Elkhart. 6, Marion. 5 is Payne. Fourth is Northridge. 3rd is Fairfield. 2nd is Warsaw. And number 1. Washington. Your immediate
1: thoughts on this poll. Well, it looks like we got Northwood cracking our top ten, so and then also Bethany Christian moving up as well as Fairfield, both of them of course, they have that showdown this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a solid list again. um, Strength of schedule is important just like you mentioned about the boys. So, yeah, what do you think about it?
0: I think is is a good list um uh, girl season is is coming to an end soon. this is the last full week of uh regular season basketball. uh you know what happened today, Aaron
1: was it the sectional drawing
0: it was so speaking of the sectional drawing, let's go through all these sectionals where our uh teams we cover are going to be in, starting with. Uh, sectional 51 in class 1A we have uh, the Bethany Christian Bruins of course this sectional being played at Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian and the host Drew Bethany Christian in game 2 of the semifinals so uh, they get um, well they've already played Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian uh, and they beat them 42-26. Forty two twenty six. Uh, Bethany Christian will be the heavy favorite to win a sectional. You look at the bottom of the bracket, you got Lakewood, Park Christian, and Hamilton. And then they face the winner, Elkhart Christian. Let's be honest, it doesn't matter who comes out on the bottom. What really matters mm-hmm. is when who wins this game between Fort Wayne, Blackhawk, and Bethany Christian. What are your thoughts on this sessional?
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think man, be a nice Nice story. If the, the Lady Bruins can win the sectional for sure,
0: yeah, I think it's, I think this is your, their year. So yeah. I I think they'll win the sectional, and then we'll see who they place they play in the in the regional here. Let's move on to Class Two A sectional thirty four. This will be played at North Justin Saint Pierre. Uh, if you have never been to their gym, you owe it to yourself to go visit North Justin High School. Uh, they got a great setup there. Uh, one of the great gyms in the state, among many. Let's look at, uh, we got a couple of area schools, uh, LaVille and South Bend Career Academy. So, LaVille in Game 2 plays North Justin, the whole school. And these two schools have already played each other. In fact, there are three schools in this sectional that really could win this sectional. And that's South Central, North Justin, and LaVille. Uh, South Central is in the north part, uh, I should say the top part of this sectional, uh, and uh, they will make it to the championship game, uh, and really the question is, who will South Central play? Is it North Justin or LaVille? Now, North Justin beat LaVille 31-23 in earlier January. If LaVille can uh, get revenge and beat North Justin, uh, then you know, we'll see what happens in, in the championship game. What are you, your thoughts on this sectional here?
1: Yeah, no, I'm going to – it'll be interesting to see if LaVille can get that revenge. Yeah, I'll pick LaVille. Why not? <laughs> Linear Lancers, All right. Uh, let's move on to Class
0: 3A, sectional 18. This will be hosted at Bremen. Uh, game 1, you got John Glenn playing Culvert Academy. Uh, Game two is Bremen, uh, the whole school, against Rochester. And then uh, Tippecanoe Valley awaits the winner of Bremen and Rochester. Although Bremen has the worst overall record, they should be favored against Rochester. Um, And if they can win that, then they play Tippecanoe Valley, which uh, the Vikings are the the favorite to win the sectional. Glenn faces a tough color Academy team. Uh, They're 13-8 overall. They'll likely lose to the Eagles. Uh, So uh, it looks like Tippecano Valley will advance and get out of the sectional 18. Yeah, I think that's probably what's going to happen here. Class 3A, sectional 19, we've got – this is hosted at Mishawaka Marion. Uh, the Lady Knights play Jimtown. They'll beat uh Jimtown, and then uh New Prairie will play Marion. Uh, New Prairie is the only other team in the that has a winning record at twelve and eight, but they are no match for uh the Lady Knights. So, uh, in the other half of the sectional is St. Joe and Clay. St. Joe will probably beat Clay. Uh, then you got St.
1: Joe and Marion, the Holy War part two mm-hmm. yeah marion if marion shows up they should probably win this one pretty easily the sectional it, that is it,
0: if you're in the late 90s you are so glad that washington is a class four right?
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure
0: class 3a sectional 20 this is going to be hosted at fairfield uh Let's not kid ourselves. There's one team in the sectional that's going to win it, and that's the Lady Falcons of Fairfield High School. Uh, but there are other teams in the sectional, so let's look at it. Northwood and Wallesee play each other, and Lakeland awaits the winner of that game. This bottom half of the sectional is actually kind of interesting because all three schools are right around north of a game or two of 500. So, uh, really, I think any team could potentially be facing Fairfield in the championship. I think Wallace C. probably has the edge. No, I, I, I take that back. I think Lakeland has the edge to face Fairfield as Wallace C. has already beaten Northwood, but then Lakeland has already beaten Wallace C. So
1: we'll yeah. see how that,
0: how that goes.
1: This is a little tougher, but yeah, Fairfield should, should come out of this one, like you said. We got
0: Class 4, a sectional 3 at Plymouth. Uh, you got Mitch Walker in Game 1 facing Washington. Of course, we all know Washington will win the sectional, but we'll still talk about it. Game 3, you've got Riley facing the host, Plymouth. And then in Game 4, Adams awaiting Washington. So Washington will win the top half of the bracket. And then you look at Michigan City, LaPorte, Soph Riley and Plymouth. Uh you know, I think I think the uh Mission City or Plymouth, let's be honest, it does not even matter, okay? So <laughs> Washington will win this sectional.
1: I don't know who's gonna be in the bottom half. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I to be honest with you, I haven't I don't know the records of the other teams, so I know Plymouth is middle of the road NLC team, so...
0: Well, let's just say this. There's, there's only two teams with winning records in this oh, okay. sectional, and that's Mishawaka and Washington, and they play each other game one. Oh, so, great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, class 4, a sectional 4. This will be at Concord, at McEwen, Uh Game one, I love this sectional. This is, this is a great sectional. You got Penn and Northridge. What a game that is going to be. Uh, Northridge beat Penn, I think it was 63 51 in the regular season. And then uh, Goshen awaits the winner of the Penn Northridge game. Uh, and then in the bottom half of we got Concord, and Warsaw. Of course, Warsaw will win that game. And then you got Elkhart and Warsaw. You would have liked to think Warsaw wins this game, but Elkhart is kind of pesky. Uh, they're not going to go down without a fight, coach. Uh, Cody's been a long there, uh, been a long time coach. Uh, he will have his team ready to play, but I think Warsaw will eventually, you know, wear out cart down and and advance to the championship game. The question is, who will meet Warsaw? Is it going to be Penn or Northridge? What do you think, Aaron?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go Northridge, but the path seems a little tougher. Well, maybe maybe you convince me. Maybe Northridge's path. If they can get past Penn of course, which it won't be easy. I like North I'm gonna go pick a Northridge just because, you know, the Northridge ties run deep. <laughs> <laughs> go with your alma mater there. righty. But, but I will say, I mean, Goshen could be a challenging team. They have, you know, Coach Hill he'll have his team ready, but yeah, I think it's Northridge or Warsaw coming out of this one.
0: Okay. Now, Penn has won seven straight. I, I'm sorry, seven out of the last eight Ooh. games. So they're playing better basketball. So the lady Kingsman might have a say in that. We'll see. Let's move on to topic number four and talk some college basketball NAIA in AI and Division One. How about Goshen College? What do you got for news out of them,
1: Aaron? Um, Pretty much like last week, a little deja vu. They lost two more games to Iowa and Bethel. Uh, so now they're 2-18 overall, 0-10 in conference. Obviously, rebuilding year. Um, they will be back in action as they host Taylor and Marion University for two more conference games this week. Uh, then if we jump to IUSB, who's now 14-6, 10-3 in their conference, the Titans could not, or they lost to St. Francis of Illinois, 57-56. Kenny Washington led IUSB with 18 points in that losing game. He actually had a chance to win the game at the buzzer, but he was contested on a jumper, and it didn't go in. Uh, the loss puts them in a High for second place in the CCAC with St. Xavier, who both the Titans and St. Xavier trail Olivet Nazarene and Roosevelt by a half game. But after that game, they bounced back and beat East-West University 78-64, to and that was in South Bend. Daniel Meredith II led the way with 22 points. Washington and Dejon Barney added 17 points apiece in the win. This week, the Titans will travel to Elgin, Illinois, to take on conference foe Judson University on Wednesday night. And then they'll play Kent State University at Tuscarawas, and that's a school in Ohio, on Friday night. I think I got that right. So, Titans continue to uh, keep rolling, in a sense. Wait, so IUSB
0: is playing a Division One team and. The regular you know, season?
1: I think it's uh what do you call that? Uh a satellite school of Okay. Against, like, okay. You know. uh, okay, that makes more sense.
0: Gotcha. Well, that's a tough loss for the Titans there against St. Francis. I'm sure they would have loved to have that game there. Yeah. So, uh Bethel University, they're 14-7 overall, season five. You know, Bethel is an interesting team this year. In fact. They they tend to win the games they should, but then lose the game they should lose. So uh one of these times they gotta beat the teams that they shouldn't beat. Although yeah. I, like I do take that back. Uh they did have a couple of upset wins. I think mean, one of them two of them was in the winner uh the holiday tournament in, in Flor and in down in Florida. But since then it feels like they've been on this trend of winning games they should losing games they should lose we'll see what happens the rest of the the season here though so they lost to grace 86 73 uh three-point shooting was the difference as the pilots went cold from deep bethel bounced back to beat goshen 83 to 65 to sweep the u.s 20 cup through let led scoring with 22 points bethel faces spring arbor and huntington this week uh I've got the Pilots beating in Spring Arbor. Uh, now Huntington is receiving votes. Uh, and I believe curling their third in the crossroads. I think Bethel is either fourth or fifth. A win against the Foresters will be a resume builder for the postseason play for, for Bethel's uh, tournament hopes. And also potentially move them, maybe uh, uh, um, either tie with uh Huntington or getting closer to the uh you know top 3 or 4 spots. Notre Dame is 9-11, they're one and eight in the ACC. Uh of course this is not breaking news. Everybody knows that Mike Gray is stepping down at the end of the season. Uh he had a solid career at Notre Dame. He had 19 20 win seasons. How about that? Yeah for Notre Dame men's basketball. Uh, Notre Dame won the ACC in 2015 and went on to the Elite Eight in that same season, as well as the Elite Eight in 2016. Uh, He has coached several NBA players, including Troy Murphy, Ryan Humphrey, Jerry Grant, Blake Wesley, among others, all of those of which were first-round draft players. Last week, Notre Dame lost to Florida State and Boston College. This week, they face NC State and Louisville. I've got Notre Dame losing to NC State, but they should win against Louisville as I think they're like two. Louisville's won two games this year.
1: Yeah. And as someone who's hard on Mike Bray, I would say, I feel like, man, he's definitely has my respect for what he's done at Notre Dame. I think his teams always play hard in the second half of the year. It's just a tough year for them. Um, but, yeah, Mike, I, Mike Bray, I mean, 1921 season, you can't really say much more than that. Like He's done a lot of good things at Notre Dame. And even Elite yeah. Eight, I don't even know if IU's had an Elite Eight in a while. So. Yeah.
0: I mean that was that was like the golden era right
1: there in 2015-2016. Yeah. Speaking of IU, so IU had a really good week this week. They went uh two and on in conference play. Now they're thirteen and six overall, four and four in the Big Ten. Uh they downed Illinois eighty to sixty five and Michigan State eighty two to sixty nine. So The defense showed up big this week, and it really, I think it helped spark their offense for sure. The wins put IU back in the middle of the pack, the Big Ten Conference. In particular, the Illinois game, Trace Jackson Davis had a season high 35 points, nine rebounds, five assists, and three blocks. So he did a little bit of everything. Uh, Jordan Geronimo had a nice game with 13 and eight and three blocks. Then in the Spartans game, uh TJD had another monster game with 31 points, 15 boards, and five blocks. It's also nice to see Trey Galloway. Tamar Bates had a really nice game offensively as well. They had 17 points apiece. And IU's gonna look to keep this momentum going as they travel to Minnesota to battle the Golden Gophers in the barn on Wednesday. And then they host Ohio State Saturday night, which I think is a primetime game. On Fox, I believe. And well, I'm going to be honest, I have no clue what happens this week for IU or which team shows up. I have a feeling they're going to build on this. Definitely see them beating Minnesota. Ohio State's a toss-up. Ohio State was, at one point, they were leading the conference earlier on, so I believe. Hoosiers! (laughs) I tell you what, this...
0: This week was a lifeline for the Hoosier program because they were really, uh, reeling, uh, for a while there. But, uh, like you said, it was great to see IU play well. I think both those wins were at home, right? No, no. The Illinois game was at, uh, the other assembly hall. So, um, yeah, what a great week. And then, uh, Trey Galloway, I mean, they uh, they, they all played real well, but Trey Galloway made all his threes today. Yeah, um, just a great team win. I'm I'm with you. I don't know what to expect now because they're so. They, I think now that they they're more healthy and they've got some of their their key guys back, it feels like okay. Let's get on a roll now. Let's let's do what we all thought they would do the whole season, which is be dominant. So I I if they lose to Minnesota, then that's not good. So they should mm-hmm. beat Minnesota. And if they can beat Ohio State, which I think they should, well that's gonna be a tougher game, but they should. Uh that puts them at uh what six and four in conference, fifteen and six overall. At that point, I feel pretty strong that they're an NCAA. AA tournament team. Uh but we'll see there's still plenty of uh, uh games left on the, on the slate here. Mhm. Okay, uh let's talk about third rank Purdue Boilermakers. They're 19 and 1 overall, 8 and 1 in the Big 10. Purdue beat Michigan State, Minnesota, and Maryland last week. Now, Michigan State and Maryland were narrow wins. Uh, Purdue was looking pretty good, Aaron, to win the Big Ten regular season. I don't think anybody's going to catch them. And they should be favored to win the Big Ten championship tournament. You know, there's a big difference between winning the regular season and winning that tournament. Uh, There are a lot of teams that win their regular season and then don't win the tournament. So that's like a whole other thing in, in and of itself. But, uh um, we'll see what happens. Uh This week, Purdue plays Michigan and Michigan State. I like Purdue being Michigan, but that Michigan State game will be tough as Coach Izzo and company will need this game way more than Purdue will need this game. And as you know, motivation can play a difference in the outcome of games. It would not shock me if Sparty upsets Purdue and West Lafayette. But it also would not shock me if Purdue won that game, so we'll see. Aaron, your thoughts on Purdue?
1: Yeah, I mean <laughs> Purdue. They're just they're just like a well oiled machine. I mean, they don't do. I mean, Zach Eady. Yeah, he's he looks like a a man amongst boys out there sometimes, but they just play the game the right way. And. It's Zach
0: hard e- to say, yeah. Zach Eady is a walking double-double. That's what he <laughs> is. Yeah.
1: So you brought up a good po- good thing there, the Big Ten regular season versus conference tournament. Which one do you think is more important? Oh, that's a great question. Uh,
0: you know, as a coach, I think the regular season champion – would mean more to me because I think it's harder to do that. Yeah. I mean, the Big Ten tournament is like a week. You just got to win like three games or so. Three or four games. I don't know what it is. But, uh, you know, regular season is a long season. Um, A lot goes into that. So I think it just means more. Now, which which is more important for postseason play Again, I think the regular season had to mean more if you won that. And mm-hmm. Let's say you lost, you know, because the other team just played
1: out of their mind for one game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so what do you think? Yeah, I would agree with you. Especially if you're – if you had a good regular season. I think that's why you tend to see those teams not win it usually. But, yeah, that's – I agree with you. That I feel like some of these teams – that need the conference tournament, they're more hungry to get the, get that championship. So,
0: Mm -hmm. well, I'm going to tell you this, uh,
1: this is really a
0: fun time to be a college basketball fan (laughs) because all these conferences are starting to kind of, you know, work themselves out, if you will. And the pretenders are separated from the real contenders and and that, and now we kind of see the the big big games, and it's going to be a lot of fun down Absolutely. the stretch. Okay, we're going to take our second break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about college football news, and particularly Purdue football.
1: If you are enjoying our podcast and want to donate, please find the donation link in our show notes. Any donation, no matter how small, will make. A big difference in helping us bring you better quality podcast shows,
0: welcome back to the will and air show uh air. you got some news for us out of the Purdue
1: camp. yeah, so I just stumbled upon this. I guess this happened middle of last week, so Purdue has offered northwood's star wide receiver, Nitro tuggle a scholarship this week or this past week, so. He's a three-star player according to Twenty Four Seven Sports, and also it's kind of been he's kind of been the the hottest recruit in the Midwest this week according to that that uh, website. Uh, he's got offers from other Big Ten schools like Penn State, Illinois, Michigan State, and IU. So it sounds like. Purdue really wanted, wants him too because their wide receivers coach Corey Patterson was going to come to Napanee to talk to him, but just with his schedule, he couldn't make it. So he offered it over the phone. Yeah. Well, which which school do you want to see Tuggle play for?
0: Uh, I'm going to have to say IU because <laughs> I'm an IU football guy.
1: Uh, so that's my answer. How about you? Yeah, I would agree. I think. But if I, yeah, IU for sure. I mean, Michigan State, Penn State, I mean, they, staying around state, <laughs> I think maybe Purdue would be better for him just because uh, I'm assuming they're going to build on their offense. But yeah, I'd like to see him in a Hoosiers uniform. That'd be pretty cool.
0: You know, how good is Northwood's offense going to be next year? Not only do they have a three-star wide receiver in Tuggle. But let's not forget, they're getting a transfer in Josiah Edmond, who's also a three-star wide receiver, from Warren Central. And he's got offers from Akron, Baylor, Eastern Michigan, Iowa State, and Kent State. So... How about that? How how would you love to be the quarterback, Northwood, and you have got those options
1: at your disposal? Man, I would I would be ready for fall.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good times are coming if
0: you're a Northwood Panther fan. Let's just say that get your get your season tickets for Andrews Field. Yeah. Um, and how, I I just feel bad for any defensive coordinator who has to play Northwood that year. <laughs> It's like, who do you cover? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's talk about some NFL playoff reactions here. Uh, Have you had a chance to watch any of these games this weekend?
1: No, I haven't. So I'm going to have to lean on you to get me updated. Okay. Well, I was able
0: to watch most of these games. Um, So the Chiefs and Jaguars game was interesting now, of course, everybody knows Patrick Mahomes got injured. He his ankle kind of played through it, that warrior-like, you know, feel to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, led the Chiefs past Jacksonville 27-20. Uh, my biggest takeaway was Jacksonville had two big moments late in the game where they had opportunities to tie the game, but turnovers hurt them. Um excuse me, I think they had a fumble and an interception late in the fourth that ultimately doomed their chances of beating Kansas City. Now, uh, Trevor Lawrence, who usually is not a talker, said to the media after the game that we will be back. Mm -hmm. And I kind of believe him because Trevor Lawrence has proven to deliver when it matters most. And he is one of those franchise quarterbacks that will make a big difference. You know, uh, when I think of like Andrew Luck or, you know, what Jalen Hurts is for the Eagles, I think Trevor Lawrence can beat that for Jacksonville. So I, and you know this, Aaron, uh, finding the right quarterback is very crucial in this league. You have to have a quarterback. And uh, Jacksonville will be good Not sure because Trevor Lawrence is good.
1: That's so not. You, oh yeah, I was go just gonna not good news for Colts fans, but no, it's not. Maybe we, we'll we'll find our QB too. Well,
0: uh, don't we have like a top five draft pick? Yeah, this coming up, so we'll see. Crossing our fingers here. Uh, the Eagles dominated the Giants, thirty-eight-seven. Philadelphia. Right now, looks like the favorite to win the Super Bowl. What
1: do you think? Yeah, I mean they they're loaded both sides of the ball. So, I was a little surprised. I guess I shouldn't be but it was about the score, but I figured the Eagles would win. The Giants are kind of like the the up-and-coming team in a way. Maybe, I don't know, Daniel Jones. Did he have, like, a kind of a poor game, I'm assuming?
0: Yeah, and I don't think anybody really played well in that game for the Giants. You know, I think the fans were kind of – hoping it was like 2007 all over again, you know, when no one saw the Giants and all of a sudden they won Super Bowl that year. Uh, But uh, what a crash landing that was for the Eagles. Uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, what they did to Josh Allen and the uh, Buffalo Bills there. Uh, You know, Allen has kind of fallen off of what we would call an elite quarterback play the past several weeks, really the couple last few months. Uh, still a really good quarterback, but I wouldn't say his performance been elite performance. Uh, Joe Money, he's playing at a very high level. Uh, that connection he ha- he has with Chase, uh, he he's almost unstoppable to defend right now. I mean, he's making some really good plays. Cincinnati looks really good. Uh, Joe has more playoff wins at Cincinnati, five of them, than all other quarterback. Cincinnati quarterbacks combined in their history. How about that? That's, that's an amazing stat. So, as of this uh, recording right now, the, the Niners and Cowboys are playing, and it's 19-12. to 12, San Francisco's up. And, uh, of course, this game has been all about one of the storylines have been the Dallas kicker, Maurer, who can't make a... A PAT, uh, I saw a stat like the chance of a kicker missing like four out of five. It was like an astronomical percentage. So the fact that, and then he missed his first PAT of the game, this game. So, uh, Yikes. yeah, yeah. If they lose this game because of uh, at one point. Uh, he will no longer be on the team. Let's just say that. <laughs> but there's 153 left in the game. The Niners have the ball. Not looking good if you're a Cowboys fan. They're going to have to get a three and out here and uh, uh force them to no points here. But we'll see what happens. All right. It's time for our last topic. The NBA with uh Aaron, the Bulls and Pacers, and also the five seven
1: four 7 in the NBA. All right, I'm going to keep it a little shorter this time. So running with the Bulls. The Bulls had a game in Paris, France against the Pistons, and they won that one, 126-108. So the Bulls are now 21-24. They're a half game back of the Pacers for ninth place in the East. So they went 2-1 this past week. Their other win was a 20-point win against the Warriors but they also lost to the surprising Oklahoma City Thunder. Aaron, let me ask you this.
0: Since when does the NBA
1: play in international games? You know, I think... I I wish I knew the right answer, but I feel like they've done it in the past few seasons, just uh, kind
0: of
1: of like what the NFL does. Well, it's smart, Yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, I love that they're doing that. I just didn't even know they did this.
1: Yeah, I think... I want to say this is more common than in the past few years, but
0: well, if the NBA, if I, I'm not an NBA exec or anything, obviously I don't make I don't make those choices. But if there's any game for, to be played outside the United States, they got they got to play Milwaukee a, a game in Greece. Yeah,
1: that'd be cool. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right, so the good, the bad, and ugly with the Pacers. A lot of bad and ugly since the Tyrese Halliburton injury. Uh, They've lost seven in a row, and they're going to square off against the Bulls, actually. this well, You'll probably hear this after the game, but it, on Tuesday night, um, the Bulls beat the Pacers in their first meeting earlier in the season. That game was in Chicago. This one will be at the Fieldhouse. Um the Pacers are now 23-25, and 25, and like I mentioned earlier, in ninth place. Some good news is, uh, Benedict Matherin has the most points per game off the bench, and that minimum is 30 games. And he is ahead of, where he's at 17.5 points per game. And that puts him ahead of the GOAT, Michael Jordan. He's at number two, at 17.5 points per game. And the number three is Tyler Hero, 16.5 points per game. Should, probably should have looked into this a little bit. I never realized Michael Jordan came off the bench, but maybe, I don't know, when was that earlier in his in his career? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, good question. I don't know. I thought it was a little a little crazy, so I'm, I might need to look into that one. But the Pacers' Facebook put that up, so I'm sure they're probably not going to make that mistake. Um. Yeah, so a lot of games left for both these teams. Um, this game Tuesday night is going to be important. Both teams are kind of in different directions, at least for now. Uh, the Bulls can build on their win streak, hopefully. All right, let's turn to the 574. Um, you know, Jaden Ivey, he seems to be out of his rookie wall. A lot of rookies hit a wall where they struggle. That happened probably a couple of weeks ago. That's according to some NBA experts. sounds like he's getting better shots, but his numbers don't really show it. He's shooting 41% from the field, 32% from three, and 72% at the line. I think all all these numbers can be improved. It'll probably help when he uh, gets Cade Cunningham back next year. I think he has the tools and skills. And then then the NBA.com's Rookie Ladder. He's at number four in that spot, so, you know, Ivy's getting a lot of opportunities as a starter, but his team's really struggling this year. Uh, Devin Kennedy continues to shoot over 43% from three for his South Bay Lakers G League team. You know, I've been wondering, could he do that with the LeBron's Lakers on a backup role? I feel like the Lakers need shooting, so... I don't know. Maybe, maybe at some point he'll get a chance. Depends on how this the season goes for the Lakers. And Blake Wesley, he's kind of, or he's actually. I think I mentioned this last time. He he's out of rehab. He is playing. He's played seven games in Austin for the Spurs. Uh, he's averaging twenty eight minutes a game, just shy of eighteen points per game, with three rebounds, two assists, just shy of two steals a game. So he's getting a chance to work his way back to the San Antonio roster. Any thoughts about the, any other final thoughts, Will? Uh, It's just great to see our five, seven, four guys uh,
0: continue to do what they do. And uh, it's interesting to see if if they can make a comeback, Blake and Devin uh, Kennedy there. And of course, Ivy doing Ivy stuff. So, Plenty of season left for these three guys uh that have really put the five seven four on the map and have inspired so many young boys basketball players, even girls basketball players, that it's possible to do something with their lives, uh and
1: make it big. Yeah. So that's then, awesome. Yeah, then Skylar Diggins of course will probably throw her in this possible oh, yes. yeah. WNBA. So yeah. All right, well, thanks for listening to The Will and Aaron Show. Tune in next week as we discuss more local college and pro sports.